Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com. And a friendly reminder, tune into our radio show on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio from 9 to 11 Eastern tonight, Saturday night. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. Make sure that you do not miss us this offseason, you guys. You can chat with us at any time on Twitter Ask any of your off-season questions. We'll be back throughout the off-season. Maybe a little Super Bowl show. Definitely doing our draft show, which was our favorite show. We pick our teams for the next year, um, which is what this this uh, episode is going to be all about. I'm here with my lovely sisters, Ashley Williams and Brandon Marianne Lee. I am Courtney Kirby, and this is the final show of 2017. Yay! Yeah. Happy New Year! Wrap up show. I mean, it's actually 2018, but we're it's really close. This is really a 2017 close. season. One. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you won a championship, and now you are in depressed mode. I know I am trying to figure out what we're going to do for the next several months with no fantasy football. We, too, are trying to cope with our new normal. Tonight's show, we were going through out the league and say our highs and lows for covering each team. Ladies, we got football going on right now. We have an update. The Chiefs are ahead, 14-0, to zero, going into the second quarter. Um, give us a little prediction, Super Bowl prediction, if you don't mind, Brandon. Oh, man, you guys, I think it's going to be the Saints versus the Patriots um, because I've lost the capacity for optimism or uh, the act of denial. So we might as well just go with the the chalk. I think it's going to be the Saints because they've been there before. I like the Rams, too. Um, but I think the Saints will beat the Rams in the in the finals. So, um, yeah. What about you, Ash? I'm going to be optimistic. And I'm going to say Vikings and Steelers. That's right. Vikings nice, at Ash. home. Vikings at home. I don't know if they win at all. That'd be fun. I think, but I think they're going to make it. Yeah, I think it'd be really fun. I mean, it'd be not great for the economy of Minnesota, but fun. But Everyone fun I know home. in Minnesota, because I went to school there and I have a ton of friends that I lived there for nine years, ecstatic. Like, they don't give up. They're like, whatever. I mean, well, and I know that that's just like fandom, but still, they're like, this is going to be the greatest home game in history. <laughs> Well, and with our experience as Broncos fans, it's oftentimes the Steelers that fill the stadium no matter where that team plays. So I'm sure they'll get plenty of people coming in because Steelers fans are nuts and they travel everywhere. So I am I feel optimistic about uh, the Vikings if if they do go. But I don't think they're going to go because I'm going Steelers Rams if Antonio Brown plays. If Brown's out, I think it's going to be Patriots Rams because I'm with Brandon. It's really tough to not have the Patriots in the Super Bowl at this yeah. point. You know, we got, we, we've got it's kind of our our normal we've got friction going on right now between Belichick and Brady. I don't. It's not their year, guys. It's not their year. Right, well, supposedly that friction's been there forever, and it was fine. Yeah, but now it's like heightened. It's not their year. They're not dudes. Their year. The demise is brush it off. But it's you know, done. when he was suspended, they they feed off of this kind of stuff. All they do is they put it on a bulletin board and they say, see, that's what we're playing for. We're going to make them look like idiots. And that's what they do. I, hate I don't it. know. No, it's going to be Steelers, guys. 
right. It's going to be like Steelers. It. Well, All we're right. going to start off with the Steelers here in the AFC North. So, Brandon, why don't you go ahead and give us your highs and lows for the Steelers? Lots All right. Highs, I would I would assume. I know, and I'm so sorry. We're supposed to do one of each, but with a couple of my teams, I was like, whatever. Uh, the Steelers were so good this year. Uh, Antonio Brown led the league with 1,533 receiving yards, even though he missed the last two games. What? Amazing. Um, Brown has the most receptions and receiving yards of any player in the NFL history over a five-year span. He just beat out Marvin Harrison for that record. Uh, nice. Juju Smith-Schuster, actually, they came out with the list today of who is nominated for Rookie of the Year. He is not, which was very surprising to me, probably because he was suspended, though, for that little thing that happened, you know. <laughs> uh, but listen, he lost his bike. That was adorable. That's when he really kind of hit the, the major ether, right? And now he's one of the best follows on Twitter right now. Uh, he also led all rookies with 917 receiving yards and seven receiving touchdowns. 143 of those receiving yards came in week 17 when Cooper Cup was benched. So uh, otherwise it was going to be Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup second, but it's, it's intriguing. So good. Congratulations to you, Juju. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, obviously second league with 1,305 rushing yards, fourth among running backs with 655 receiving yards, still a stud, and they made the playoffs easily. The low is that this team was actually really dramatic. It was a lot of drama. I didn't really like that. You know, it started with Martavis Bryant and Sammy Coates fighting on Twitter when Juju got drafted about who he was replacing. Ends up it was both of them. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> whoops. And then, uh, you know, also like even just like the the anthem protest issue and Ben Roethlisberger just, you know, not liking people or always liking people. Um, you know, there was just the Cincinnati game that was a bloodbath. The whole thing was just very bizarre to me. So uh, that would be the low. The low. All right. Yeah. That's nice. All right, Ashley, what about the Baltimore Ravens? Well, this was a tough team for me to cover because there really wasn't a whole lot of highs on this team at all throughout the season. But what I will say is, Alex Collins, I'm going to throw into the highs column. He's been somebody that just didn't quite get their due when he was with Seattle. He came to Baltimore and got a chance, and I think he did really well with the chance that he was given. Once he really started to play a major role, which was in week eight, he really only had three bad games, which I consider under seven points, uh, the rest of the season. So to me, I think he was an unexpected pleasant surprise. I think he also started to shore up a little bit of the ball control issues that he's had historically. So... I think they have a lot to work with for next season. So I'd say that's my high. My low is the entire rest of this offense. Although they did pick up a bit around week 13. So at the end of the season, you were able to stream Mike Wallace with a bit more confidence. But overall, this offense was pretty anemic all season long. Yeah, that Danny Woodhead trade had to be a really depressing one. That's a low for me. Yeah. Mm. Hate when that happens to good players. All right, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. My high clearly was the bright discussion about Mr. Joe Mixon. Um, from preseason <laughs> all the way to the bitter end, Mixon fell out of the top 30 running backs in standard leagues, only four spots up from his backup, Giovanni Bernard, a guy who only rushed 34 times over the first 11 games. Yikes. I was scared for both of these guys simply, but because of their offensive line and their schedule. But it's no surprise that Joe Mixon, at least not a surprise for us for a fantasy football analysis, that, that, that we knew that this was going to happen, right? We knew it. And Ashley, yeah. thank you. Thank you You're for welcome. sticking to your guns and uh, yeah. really, really embracing your hate for him. I none really, of us, I really none of us enjoy that. 
So no, well, no, no, I, I no, 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 mm-hmm. no mix in. Yeah. And certainly no if you mixing. use our cheat sheet, you had no chance. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I, I, I put him, I put him low. <laughs> You're also welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, my low for this team has to be covering this team with the lack of supporting cast members. Dalton was out of the top 15, no running backs in the top 30, no wide receiver other than green in the top 50, no tight end in the top 10, kicker outside of the top 20. I mean, literally, there was nobody on this team uh, um, makes it easy to do my write-ups, but not very enjoyable to cover them in general. I like more. I like more than just one player. All right, Brandon, the Cleveland Browns. So many highs. So many highs. So many highs. <laughs> and you know what? I actually do have a little bit of a high like, here. Literally high. Like everyone's <laughs> a little high. Uh, high and you yeah. know what? I can't even blame people. I think that there should be like a high it's okay clause for people that are on the Browns. But I will say yeah. this. Um, Josh Gordon was reinstated and came on. And, and listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Caught less than half of his targets, you guys. You know, there's room for improvement, but he's still a beast. Like, it was exciting, and he's a young guy. He should be fine. I'm excited to draft him next year, although I think he will probably get overdrafted because he's still on the Browns. Uh, And, you know, frankly, I mean, he was still getting played in situations where he wasn't as good this year because he's Josh Gordon, even though he's on the Browns. So uh, that would be, you know... Sadly, my my positive is also a negative. Also, only four teams in NFL history since 1944 have gone winless. The 1960 Dallas Cowboys, they went 0-11-1, so they did have a tie. The Bucks in 1976, 0-14. And then 2008, it was Detroit who went 0-16. So the Browns are only the second team in history to have a 0-16 stadium. And by the way, you guys, uh, the parade was today and made a loop around the stadium to create a a zero. Uh, Congratulations, Browns. (laughs) You did it. The perfect season in quotes. Way to go, you guys. Way to celebrate. I got to love Cleveland. They are fans to the very end. It doesn't matter. They're like, you know what? We're going to celebrate being first in the draft. And we're going to celebrate. If they could actually, now they are terrible drafters, but they have such an opportunity in this year to turn this team somewhat around. I just don't, I don't trust that they'll do it justice. Have they ever? I mean, they historically are so bad. So I'll say this. Um, (laughs) Uh, they did also plan a Super Bowl party for 2033, and I think that's still optimistic, but that <laughs> is realistic at least, semi. So I love that that's where the funds are going now, is that 2033 is the year for the Cleveland Browns to win the Super Bowl. Good for you, Cleveland. Uh, the low is obviously Hugh Jackson, and as far as I'm concerned, I cannot believe this guy. I mean, I, I, I do not like wishing people to lose their jobs. I really do not. Uh, but what he did to Deshaun Kaiser all season made me like physically ill in my stomach, and there is there was no way for him to succeed. First of all, he said, I'm going to throw all my – wait behind this guy and then he benches him and and then he brings him back out and then he benches him again and then he brings him back out and he talks crap about him to the press he just has no concept of um i don't know loyalty maybe or decency or i don't even know what words to use here uh but you know the fact that this guy 
after they lose, okay, so they go 0-16, and, and he has to jump in Lake Erie because he said he would do that if they went 1-15 again, let alone now, okay? Then he said, and I, I'm, I tell you, this is the exact quote, Mary Kay Cabot put it on Twitter, I don't think anyone else could have done this job for the past two years. Really? Hugh Jackson, victim, right? Right, yeah, victim. he's the victim here, the millionaire victim. Get out of my face. No. Get out of my face. No. You, you no. should be writing apology notes to Deshaun Kaiser on the daily. It was really rude. <laughs> the whole thing was bad. Cleveland's always bad. It's like my favorite, just the drama that comes out of there every time, every year. All right, you guys, well, we'll give you some drama-free meals here for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and enter our promo code HERFFB30 for $30 off your first week, you guys. That's awesome. It's less than $10 a meal. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun so you can focus on the whole experience, not just the final plate. I tell you, I make this stuff with my kids and it's amazing. It's such a great way to teach them how to cook. It comes with the exact amount of proportions you need for everything down to the spices. No waste. It's perfect for family cooking. I absolutely enjoy it. HelloFresh currently offers customers a classic box, a veggie box, and a family box. I just ordered a veggie box because that's one of my New Year's resolutions is trying to have more veggies in my life. Um, and customers can order three, four, five different meals per week designed for either two or four people. Guys, it's, it's great. They have um, the freshest ingredients measured, as I said, to the exact quantity needed. So there's no food waste at all. Two full-time registered dietitians on staff who re review each recipe to make sure it is nutritionally balanced. And I love that. So I do not have to think about that before plating it for my family. So again, you guys, $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and enter her FFB30. Guys, which name decided to not hear for the next few months? We've had a few this season where it's like, oh, I have to cover this person again. Oh, I feel like I have to put this guy in my lineup. Who's the guy that you just do not want to hear about for a few more months? Ashley? Well, for me, it's Joe Mixon. I know we've already talked about him <laughs> once. So we've already talked about him twice on this show. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about him anymore. And then here he is being mentioned twice. But Joe Mixon, you know, he wasn't even on my team. But I will be really glad not have to talk people off the ledge come Sunday morning on Twitter uh, that they should not be placed playing perhaps Joe Mixon over Leonard Fournette. Something of that nature, right? Uh, but if I'd be a guy from one of my teams that I covered, probably Zeke. Just because there was so much up and down with the legal drama this year that I'm going to be glad to not have to be wondering in game planning what to do with that. What about you, Brandon? Um, well, I just wanted to piggyback because I uh, also am getting HelloFresh. And I just wanted to say that it is a delicious. And just a reminder, everybody, it's her FFB30. We're just going to rock it, rock it. Her FFB30, go get it. Um, it's part of my resolutions because I count all my calories now and it comes with the nutritional information. So I can be like, what? You're counting all your calories now? Yes. Is that your I'm New doing? Year's resolution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because thinking about things that I don't want to talk about anymore and things that made me drink and get a little chubby, it's T.Y. Hilton without Andrew Luck. So mm -hmm. 
And that's why I have to count calories now. So thank you, HelloFresh. Uh, and then the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Giants and the Browns in general, there were a few actually that I was like, you know what? I'd like to lose some weight. And maybe if I mm-hmm. don't have depression issues covering these people, I'll be better. That's nice. That's nice. Mine's pretty simple. It's Terrell Pryor, Jamison Crowder, Rob Kelly, Chris Thompson, Samaji P. Ryan, Jordan Reed, and Jay Gruden. So, so the basically Redskins? the Washington Redskins. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all of them. Yep. I mean, Josh Jackson, you could throw in there, I suppose. Little Ryan Grant, but you know, I'm not going to hate on them. They're new. Right. right. We'll just say the rest of the team's absolutely awful. And I'm sick about talking about them and the lack of consistency that went on in Washington this year. All right, let's move on to the AFC East. Brandon, we got the Patriots. We do. We do. The future Super Bowl champions again. Um, all right. So the high is definitely Rob Gronkowski. And I think one of the things that we learned this year in fantasy, which actually I did the um, Sirius XM 2018 mock draft already for next season. Uh, they did uh, all the coverage of it today. And I took Rob Gronkowski in the second round. Now, no one called me to chat with me about this. Uh, but the reason why I did it was because I was like, you know what? I am sick of streaming tight ends. And I am OK with the second or third or even fourth round for travel. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski. It is worth your time. Do it. I I just, I'm sorry. I'll wait for my wide receivers. I will wait for my backup running back, okay, or my flex or what have you. But I'm not going to wait for a tight end anymore if I can help it. So um, I think Rob Gronkowski was a big, big uh, reason for that. And then also Deion Lewis coming out of nowhere, out of that whole backfield. No one was saying that Deion Lewis would be the stud, and he really was great. 214 receiving yards, 896 rushing yards, uh, nine total touchdowns, even with Rex Burkhead stealing all the touchdowns. So um, I good for you, Deion Lewis. And he, he really came through for you at the end. And that's that's what you want, right? So you could get him as like a, a pickup in some leagues even. So he was just so yeah. undervalued. Uh, so that was definitely a fun surprise. The low is Brady's recent decline. It's hard because we kept saying to you guys, we can't tell you to bench Brady, but you probably should. Because as a like fantasy analyst, we know that Brady is capable of putting up a 30 point performance. And we know that he's still playing with Rob Gronkowski that we, we know that Deion Lewis is doing well. We know what's going on, but he personally wasn't doing well. I mean, I don't know what else to say about that other than there were some major issues. Now he's 40. Um, this could be the, the, the issues moving forward. I definitely am not going to spend draft capital on him or really any quarterback moving forward. Look at all the Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson world and everything. Um, But for me, that, that was the low, you know, especially in the playoffs, he just really didn't come through for you. The opposite of Deion Lewis. What about you, Ashley, with the Buffalo bills are high and low. I will say this. We are in a pick them once playoff league right now. And I usually don't play Brady, but Brady in the playoffs, that's hard to pass up. That guy just usually steps up when the light's on him. So I will be playing him, but I agree for the most part. In terms of the Bills, my high, one would think I would say LaShawn McCoy, who finished the seventh highest scoring running back, which was great. I kind of expect him to do that, so I don't know if I'm going to put that as a high. But for me, it was seeing Tyrod Taylor show up every week and help his team win despite the treatment he was receiving in Buffalo. I think the Bills making the playoffs with the apparently disliked 
uh, in Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor was also the kind of cherry on top for me that they ended the longest drought uh, of not making a playoffs. That's pretty special. So I'm going to say that. I think with that no receivers. With no receivers, just LaShawn McCoy. You had your tight end out. I mean, Tyrod Taylor had literally pretty much no one to throw to. And they have this guy they don't really like. And he's the one who is now getting them to the playoffs and ending the drought. So, I mean, to me, I think that's pretty fun. I like that a lot. Uh, my low, on the other hand, would be how terribly they treated Taylor. I just, it's another year where it just would drive me insane. And I'm also going to say losing Charles Clay for so long. He was such a dependable tight end, which with an insane amount of targets. Uh, and he was always someone that we suggested to play. So it was really unfortunate when he got injured and then when he came back and was still really just a decoy for a little bit. So for me, that was the low. What about the Dolphins, Ash? My high was surprisingly great play by Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills really came through as a solid flex option, uh, really the whole like second half of the season. Uh, he rounded out the year as the 26th highest scoring wide receiver in standard scoring leagues, and that was higher than Devontae Parker, I'd like to add. Uh, and he's one of the few players on this team that seemed to still find a way to score points regardless of who the quarterback was at the time. So really liked Kenny Stills. My low... <sighs> I'm not sure if it was a low so much as just bizarre with the Jay Ajayi trade. It was just so weird because it kind of sprung the high of like Drake, then you had the Williams and then the whole debate of there, probably had the whole like committee and then Williams got hurt and it's just Drake and that was great. Uh, but the train Ajayi was just so interesting. It, you got to keep yourself on your toes with uh, Adam Gase. He'll trade you. See, I hate the Miami Dolphins and I hate Jay Ajayi and I feel like they need to be centralized on one team. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't split that up for me. Don't make me go somewhere else with my dislike. Yeah. So but maybe I'll start like the Dolphins again, though. It's possible. No, not, not likely. And Cutler's not, not going to play on the team anymore because they're going to still go with Ryan Tannehill. So it's going to be interesting. Tanny is back. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. We got the New York Jets for me. And I have to tell you that my high for sure was the love story between McCown and Anderson. They were yep. such a delightful surprise. Robert Anderson finished as a top 20 wide receiver with four games without McCown. McCown had more fantasy points than Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, and Jay Culler with missing four games. I just love me some Josh. Yep. What a leader. Nice what a leader. I was thinking, low. I would take him in Denver as well. There's a well, lot of quarterbacks I'm willing a to lot. take in Denver right now. Just Well, I, if as long as we can keep up with letting people die in Denver, quarterbacks die in Denver. I'm fine with that, but we can't keep having a, a gap in between, you know, veteran quarterbacks. It has to Brandon's, be Brandon's making a face like she's not willing to take McCown in Denver. No. I mean, that's crazy. You I like let him die in Jersey, but I mean. No. We need, we'll we need like a Kirk Cousins, Tyrod Taylor type. We need, or even Alex Smith. I mean, I'd rather Alex Smith. I, I, I think. Uh, listen, McCown is a great leader, and I think he has a great coaching future ahead of him, and I think that's what it is. Speaking of, uh, did you see Sanchez on the sidelines? Yeah. Um, he's he's a, you know, a really interesting guy, too, that they love. So, I, I, you know, in, in the Bears land, but I, I just think, uh, yeah, no. McCown's one too step too far, but I'm glad for him this season though. I'm with you. I'm with you. This yeah. was fun. It was really Well, fun. I have to tell you my low was losing McCown with by far. Um, it was a low for me personally. I mean, it was a low for me covering the team and it was a low for the Jets themselves. And, you know, we're Jets fans, Brandon, especially being in New York. Um, 
he was clearly the glue that kept them all together. But there is hope now for them. I think next year, I think they really will have a decent season. Not a fantastic season, but they're going to have a decent season. So that's definitely my low. Um, all right, ladies. Three of these quarterbacks might not even be back next year in just this division. So any bold predictions on where any of these NFL quarterbacks' futures might take them? Brandon? Well, you know, I'm supposed to go first, but I'm going to just say that I agree with Courtney and let her take it. All right. I'll go next then, Brandon. Good for you. All right. All no, right. That's just true. My personal opinion is I'm hoping Cousins will end up in Denver. Garoppolo will stay in San Francisco. Alex Smith is going somewhere, maybe Jacksonville or Buffalo. And Case Keenum will go somewhere. Wherever Smith doesn't go is kind of my feeling. I think Smith is the guy they're looking for. Keenum will be the backup wherever that may lie. Um, so we'll see. But there's a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot of moving chess parts this year. Ashley, what do you think? Well, in usual form, I took this question very literally. And I thought we had to choose the quarterbacks in the last division. Oh, so well, that's okay. Just that, <laughs> just that's that okay. but I would like to say, uh, but Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, I hope he lands in Denver. Uh, so you'd rather Taylor great. over Cousins? I don't think we'll get Cousins. I think Cousins is going to ask too much money, and I think we've got a lot of concerns on the Broncos that we – I don't know if it's a good decision. Okay. I, I think Smith will have come with a lower price tag. Keenan would come at a lower price tag. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor would. I just think with Kirk Cousins I – mean, I like Kirk Cousins, but I just don't – that's a lot. It's a lot of salary. All right, but um, it could be wishful thinking that that uh, Tyrod Taylor could end up here. I don't know um, because that's probably more of an issue of me with Elway because here he is out scouting quarterbacks right now because he's got such a good track record of drafting quarterbacks at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than maybe Chad Kelly, which I have always been on the potentially Chad Kelly train since preseason. So I hope they give that a shot. Um, again, like I said, I would take McCown. I think Cutler will retire and stay retired, and I hope that also – comes true all right well let's move on to the afc west brandon you got the chiefs yes i do and right now the chiefs are proving why the Ten tennessee titans should have never been in the playoffs to begin with hey worst team to make the playoffs it's just 14-0 but they're trying to kick a field goal right now let's see let's see can randy bullock do it he does it MVP. Guys, I'm MVP. not kidding you. I think Randy Bullock actually is the MVP of the Tennessee Titans, but we'll get to that later. With <laughs> uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Smith, the fourth highest scoring fantasy quarterback. Uh, not only is that unexpected but and in turn cool, but it helped out Travis Kelsey. It helped out uh, – Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, it was a really nice season for the the pass catchers over there. And and I think that people were very concerned that they thought that there wasn't any way that Alex Smith could support that. But I think he did. Uh, the low was definitely trying to get people to stay with Kareem Hunt through that hellscape that was going on from week eight through 13. I have no idea why Andy Reid went away from him. I still have no idea. No one has any idea. The good news is that the new play caller, the offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy, he obviously was like, hey, guys, I think we should actually go back to the guy who, you know, is a super stud and can do everything. So they did that, and then that he came alive for your playoffs. So that was the good news. Hopefully you got to your playoffs, because that was for quite a few weeks that he did not do what you wanted him to do. But just to let you know, uh, he is available um, and lovely and wonderful for your playoffs in the way that you wanted him to be. But it was hard. It was hard to be there, because there, there was no reason for it. 
There was no justifiable reason to tell you why he wasn't getting play. Uh, so they, what's interesting, though, is that Matt Nagy is the guy that everyone's talking about for a new head coaching job. Uh, basically, just because he was smart enough to play um, – <laughs> Kareem Hunt, I guess. I don't know. No, he's a good, he's a good coach. But I mean, just yeah. still, I was like, that was an obvious one. I don't know if, uh, you know, but hey, I mean, Andy Reid didn't see it. So whatever. <laughs> there you go. All right, Brandon, continue on with the Los Angeles Chargers. I will. The high, obviously, is Antonio Gates getting that all-time touchdown record over yes. Tony Gonzalez and then tacking on an extra two at the end of the season when Hunter Henry went on IR. Good for you, old man. Good for you. And by old man, you're our age. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, anyway, uh, also, um, there was a nice stretch of games where Rivers and Allen were just on fire. Uh, week 10 through week 17, frankly, they were really great. But they had that horrible, horrible game against Kansas City um, that ruined a lot of people's chances at the playoffs. So that was also a high and a low, but you know, there you go. As far as the low, low is the chargers kickers. Whoa. Wow. I don't know if you guys are remembering this, but young Hoku was the first kicker. Um, then they went back to Nick Novak, who they should have just stayed with in the first place, but then they had to put him on, on IR with a back injury. And then weeks 13 through 15, they went with Travis Coons. They waved him after a missed field goal. It was his first attempt ever for them. So that wasn't really good, but you know, um, and then uh, he also missed an extra point. So they got Nick Rose who converted 10 of 11 field goals while filling in for Dustin Hopkins. But then Nick Rose missed his first field goal as a charger as well. I just think they were cursed and I don't even believe in curses, but there is just no other explanation. No explanation. Sorry. So bad. So bad, yet so good. Because I was shocked when they got rid of Nick Novak in the beginning of the season. I, that was not one I saw coming. I was just like, oh. And, they, you know, they brought in the trickster. Um, and that didn't pan out. And then it just got worse from there. Yeah. By the way, one of our listeners right now on YouTube just said, my predictions, Alex Smith to Arizona, Cousins franchised again to Washington, Garoppolo in San Francisco, and Keenum to Denver. I'm fine with that. I would take some Keenum. Well, yeah, I, I'm not I like boring. surprised by that. I do think I think Carson Palmer is done in Arizona, which makes me think that Fitzy's done because he wants to retire with Palmer. And I think that that's going to happen, you guys. I do. I think this offseason is going to yeah. be really depressing for Arizona. Well, Palmer officially retired, so it's over. Oh, he did. Palmer. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So Larry hasn't officially retired yet. Well, I think if they get a decent quarterback, down. he might stay. Larry, Larry. Mm. Mm. Back to the AFC West. Know. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. Um, the Oakland Raiders, my high, I will be honest. I was not a Marshawn Lynch supporter for most of the preseason, you know, going into this, but it was nice. It was really nice watching him turn around the last six games of the season. It was nice seeing a team rally, uh, you know, rally behind him like the Seahawks did. They really relied on him. And so did the Raiders at the end. They saw that. And I loved his energy on the sidelines. He was a performer. And I, I really enjoyed me some Marshawn Lynch at the last half of the season. Although, as far as my total mismanagement of Lynch, they, they did not use him enough in the beginning of the season. I mean, they were a little gun shy, a little afraid. They yeah. should have given and him And I would have been volume. too. And that's what my, that's why I held back is wasn't Lynch's talent that I was scared of. It was his being able to hold up for the season. If you use him like Lynch is used to being used. So I understand why the Raiders took it slow with him at the beginning, but 
obviously they should have caught on faster than he was ready to go. And I would say that Carr's performance this year had to be my low for everyone. Five games with under 10 fantasy points, only one game over 15 fantasy points since week seven. He had 13 interceptions, double than what he had the year before and six less touchdowns. So this on a year that everyone had high hopes for him has to be one of the biggest busts of 2017 is Derek Carr's performance. All right, well, we'll go to the next bust of 2017. That's just the Denver Broncos in general. Yeah. yeah. Ashley, you're high. What is worse, Derek Carr or the Denver Broncos in general? Because <laughs> I actually, I'm going to give it to Derek Carr, but it's by this much. By this much. I, I don't think it's know. because there was expectations with Carr, whereas right. I don't think anyone really had that many expectations with Trevor Simeon or Lynch or Brock or whatever. The nightmare that just wouldn't stop uh, with right. the Broncos. What I'll say is I couldn't think of a single high for this team. I really couldn't. They underachieved so much on not only in real football level, but also on the fantasy level that I don't think there really is a high. I mean, the best was DT who was the 23rd highest scoring wide receiver in standard scoring. This was the first time in a couple of years where you didn't have two wide receivers from the Broncos within the top 25. Uh, and interestingly enough, CJ came in at 17th highest scoring in standard scoring, which surprised me. Um, so I guess if I was pressed, I would say that CJ Anderson bounced back uh, to fantasy relevance once offensive coordinator coach McCoy was fired uh, and the Broncos decided to actually run with CJ Anderson versus this terrible carousel of, of running backs that they were having going in. I mean, it wasn't even like a normal committee. It just made zero sense. It, it, it was just such bad ratio and play use and play calling and play script. It was just terrible. It was just bad. Uh, so my low is really the whole season. The quarterback uh, situation was bad. The running back situation was bad. The non-existent wide receiver play was bad. It was just, it's a season that I hope is a Broncos fan to put behind us. And I hope I'm not going to get more angry come the draft and come the combine. Nice. And free agency. Well, yeah, this, this division started off the season very strong. They all did. And I thought that this was the division to beat. For sure, but they sure did not finish that way. And other than Cleveland, ladies, who is the worst team this year in the NFL? Ashley? I wanted to say Chicago, and I don't know, maybe I'm just bitter because I had Howard for a few weeks. And I really needed him to do something, he didn't, but probably the Giants. The Giants were pretty bad. It's <laughs> pretty bad, Brandon. In fairness, they lost all their receivers. So I get it, but they're just really bad. Brandon, what about you? Yeah, Chicago wasn't even close to being the worst because they at least had a decent defense. They did have a decent defense yeah. this year, which was a surprise. The Giants were horrendous, though. I will agree with you on that. But the Colts and Texans, I mean, that's frankly why we have the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, okay? They were able to win enough games against heinous teams uh, that just had no business, no business at all uh, being as bad as they were. And by the way, the only time the Texans were winning, and they weren't even winning all that much, was when poor Deshaun Watson was hiding all of their issues. I mean, the guy was playing his heart out, and they still couldn't win some games. So I just, nope, nope, nope. I think the Texans might be the ones. And I know that's like kind of maybe hot takey, but when you really look at how bad they were, especially down the stretch, I don't know, man. I don't know. I disagree with you. Uh, Texans, to me, were by far not the worst team. Mm. Colts are close. I'd say closer, Colts are pretty close. I, too, think the Giants were absolutely horrendous. They had nothing beneficial to offer anybody in the fantasy world. 
And same thing with the Packers, man. When Aaron Rodgers went down, damn, that whole team went down. And in Fantasyland, we drafted all those guys super high. So that really affected fantasy teams like bananas. Nobody drafted any Chicago Bears other than Howard. So that wasn't necessarily a big issue. Um, Obviously, losing OBJ is something that can happen. You know, David Johnson owners, not everybody else, you know, Dalvin Cook, you can lose your number one guy. But when it just takes down a whole team like it did for the Giants and and the Packers, it's really sad. (laughs) I mean, I would argue McAdoo took down the whole team, but we'll save that for later. We'll say that for yeah. later. Okay, we'll but, come. We're coming up. We're coming up, Ashley. We'll get there. All right, let's move on to the AFC South, Ashley. Talk about those Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, I want to say that Brandon predicted the Jags Bills Super Bowl, Super Bowl, AFC championship, season, AFC so. championship. Oh, AFC championship. Excuse me. Yes, yeah. Campbell's been in the Super Bowl. AFC yeah. championship. That's right. That's right. But I, was I did yes. get them in the playoffs, so I think that's I get what what I say. I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. But they're both in the playoffs, which was also shocking. Which I will give you credit um, for that. I will too. I would say that's 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 a high right there. Yeah. Um, but the defense finally coming together for me was a pretty big high. This defense was awesome this year and there had been a lot of hype around this defense the past few seasons last season in particular and they just didn't quite pan out this year they were just straight fire i mean they were just hot they were great and then obviously being remiss not to mention leonard fournette and uh the surprise emergence of some decent receivers on this team i mean i always knew blake bortles was decent enough to get them there um and i'll be intrigued if there's still talk about a different quarterback in jacksonville after he gets into the playoffs maybe i see how he does in the playoffs but to me that was a high my low i'm not sure there really was a um, a lot of lows for this team perhaps maybe the slow start in the preseason in terms of the quarterback controversy that did go on for a couple weeks but they made the playoffs so and i didn't think that would happen so overall this whole team was a high a high for me Oh, that's so nice. I'm sorry yeah. to have to ruin that moment and move on to the Tennessee Titans. No highs, absolutely no highs for them. Not only were they awful, but there wasn't even anything sexy to cover. There's nothing like intriguing, nothing enticing. I guess Delaney Walker, but he only had three touchdowns and that didn't even come until the end of the season. So it's mm-hmm. just like nothing. It was total blah. Uh, my low, the whole team could go on this list, to be honest. The running back by committee that arised with Murray and Henry, leaving both of them out of the top 20 running backs, and Murray with only five games with double digits. Uh, the whole receiving core, any of them could be called a disappointment. Richard Matthews had less fantasy points than Amari Cooper, who was awful this year. He should have been my low for the Oakland Raiders, too. But again, I can't list everyone. Um, he had less points than Jermaine Curse, Kenny Stills, Ted Ginn, and Paul Richardson's all number two guys on some of them bad teams. So I would ne- I would have never thought that going into this. I loved Richard Matthews. I had him all over the place last year. Um, and I was really disappointed I didn't get him anywhere this year. I guess I won out on that one. Um, and that brings me to Mariota. I mean, a lot of people loved him going into the season. He tied with Andy Dalton in fantasy points. A guy that got benched twice this year. I mean, that's <laughs> that's really pathetic. That's really pathetic. But Mariota lovers are just Mariota lovers, right? I mean, there's, you can't talk them off that ledge. 
I think they're gonna they're starting to think about it again. They I don't know to. because they made the playoffs. So I don't I know. mean they're in a really bad division. As we see, they're in the playoffs. They're in a really bad division, and that helps. That is, you know, six games that they get to play. So it's it's I don't know. They're all bad. All right. Sad news gets sadder. We're moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. This is all about the ownership, right? I mean, they needed to have a contingency plan for Andrew Luck, and they didn't. And then they traded for poor Jacoby Brissett, and um, he had to come in there and just try to play on a team in a system that he knew nothing about, really. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't... I don't even want to blame him for this, but I'm going to say my high was my weekly updates uh, about Andrew Luck's progression. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's pretty easy to do, and I always did it at the top of every uh, write-up. Uh, but really, actually, it's Jack Doyle being probably one of the steadiest PPR um, tight ends in all of football. By far, Jacoby Brissett's favorite target. Um, and someone just somehow was always open and always caught the ball. It was really intriguing. Um, and I will say this is one of the very few instances where there was a distinct difference between PPR and standard with him. Huge difference. Most people there is not, actually, at the tight end or wide receiver position. Uh, usually, if you get a lot of volume, get a lot of yards and touchdowns. It usually goes hand in hand. Not Jack Doyle. But in PPR leagues, he had a really high floor, so that was good. Uh, my low was definitely still my weekly updates about Andrew Luck. Uh, same high and low, right? And uh, T.Y. Hilton not getting the season he deserved. He, You saw the pops of brilliance are still there. Um, but for the most part, it was random. And even if you were playing the matchups, it didn't really help. Uh, he'd have a 115-yard game against a really good defense, and then he would yeah, have 30 yards against a really bad defense. So it was hard to even stream him, um, although I did win a championship with him on one of my teams. Um, so, yeah, I you know, listen, if you were in a best – it was a best ball. So if you were in a best ball, you kind of got those, like, bigger games, so that was fine. Uh, but, yeah, that was too bad because he's still really good, you guys, and I think that he's going to be underdrafted next year, probably already of value. Yep, which is good there for you. There you go. All right, the Houston Texans, my high is the same as my low, and that's Mr. Deshaun Watson. Finally, the Texans find a quarterback. Mm. Five out of his six games he started, he had 20 or more fantasy points with three weeks over 30 fantasy points. That's so crazy. That is amazing. The Texans have a future with Watson on the field. I really do believe that. The whole team felt it when when he got hurt at practice in week 9. Super excited about this team next year. I do think that they're going to gel next year. I really think that this is going to be a moment for them with Watson healthy and them ready to go and committed to a quarterback and a in a you know, a scheme that they can really all wrap their heads around. Obviously with Watson, it didn't matter. At DeAndre Hopkins being able to be successful this year after a terrible year with Mr. Brock Osweiler has to be another high for me. I mean, well done, Mr. DeAndre. Well done. I love you. Well, I love you again. I didn't love you so much when I love you again. Even though I knew it wasn't your fault, I still blamed you. All right, we're going to move on to the <laughs> NFC North. Ashley, you've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Highs and lows. All right, so my high was Carson Wentz taking a huge leap from last year. 24th highest scoring uh, quarterback last year. Fifth highest scoring this year. And that's despite missing the last three games due to injury. Still the fifth highest scoring quarterback. So he was just having an insane year. I think he's somebody that is, again, the future of this franchise and just a nice all-around guy that you're excited to root for. I mean, when LeBron James says that you're his favorite player in the NFL, yeah, I would take that. 
Absolutely. My low though is again, Carson Wentz getting injured. Uh, and what I predict is the demise of this team's chances this year. I, I don't think they have a chance of going that far in the playoffs without Carson Wentz personally. Um, prior to him being hurt, I thought that it was with the Vikings or Eagles as my pick for the Super Bowl. Um, with the Eagles slightly edging out the Vikings. Now, obviously, I'm going to go Vikings. But it's just such, such a sadness because this team was really gelling and it kind of really all centered around Carson Wentz. So he was my high and my low. All right, Ashley, continue on with the Dallas Cowboys. My high was Zeke when he actually played. Uh, ninth highest scoring running back, and that's while missing six games still. Um, that's insane. Ezekiel Elliott is really, really good. Really, really And that good. offensive line that broke up a little bit on the offseason didn't seem to miss a beat with him. So that was great, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean – He's insane. So I, I, it's he's he's a freak of nature. You just got to hope he stays out of trouble. Low is Dak bombing the moment Zeke was suspended. I mean, he just played terribly. It was insane how bad they all of a sudden played. And I really thought it had to do with Tyron Smith uh, in terms of the offensive line not playing. And that really wasn't the case. Even when he came back, Dak didn't do great. So that was really disappointing with a really strong start to the season. And then it just kind of fell and does Bryant falling from elite status. He was a 25th highest uh, scoring wide receiver this year, which is still good, right? That's still essentially a wide receiver too, but basically he hasn't fall right outside of it. And I thought that he was going to do better than that. To be honest with you, I think we're really starting to see that demise. He's not willing to take a pay cut. So I don't know how this team's going to look last year. And a low would also be the Ezekiel Elliott drama because this just was such confusion in the preseason and then all season long between the legal drama of he's suspended. Okay. No, he's not suspended. Oh, he's suspended again. Just kidding. He's back. He can play this week. And then, and then finally suspended for six games. It really caused havoc to your roster management. So I'm glad that's over. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we all all right. The Washington Redskins. It's not so much of a high, but Kirk cousins had his moments. So that was nice. I wish he was more consistent. So therefore, you know, he's not really my high because he wasn't consistent. It wasn't like predictable when he was going to have a good game. It wasn't like home or away or good teams or bad teams. There was nothing. But I can't really blame him. But I'm not going to give him a pass either because he still yeah. is a Redskin and he deserves what's coming to him this year. Hopefully he gets out and that won't be a problem for him. But my low, I think, is the inconsistency overall. Um, I, I think if you ever listen to our show, you know how I felt about this coaching staff and how they used their running backs, Kelly and Thompson, P. Ryan. What a mess. The wide receivers were sad. I think Terrell Pryor has to be the saddest. I mean, yeah. he only had one game with more than seven fantasy points and six games under four fantasy points. And this is a guy that people wanted to draft. People liked him. I didn't take him anywhere. I wasn't into his, his jam, but... Other people did, and man, it, that really hurt. So I have to say that probably Terrell Pryor has to be my low and the whole whole coaching staff with the running backs. I think just just really sad, really sad. All right, Brandon, what about the Giants? I'm doing a dramatic pause for effect because that's what, yeah. Guys, the Giants are terrible. But I will say this. Evan Engram was really good. Uh, for rookie tight end, yeah. he was really good. He just fell off at the end of the season exactly when you needed him. 
What a bummer. So, uh, listen, he was still the fifth highest scoring tight end in the league in standard scoring and PPR. So what does that tell you about the tight end position? Courtney has something to say, I know. Uh, hashtag retire with Witten. <laughs> yeah. When Witten retires, stop playing tight ends. Uh, stop playing yeah. tight ends. Just have, a, have another flex. It's fine. Our last show, we got a lot of reactions to uh, the let's not have tight ends anymore. And people were like, yeah, agreed. I mean, it was just all over the place. So, yeah, everybody. We, and those we who were like, is. oh, what are you going to take away every schooled player that underperforms? It's like, no, I am not an anti-kicker. I like okay. kickers. Or defense. I think they're beneficial. I like, yeah. I like defenses. You know, I am not an anti-defense player. I am an anti-tight end. That is it. Just a tight end. It's not used on every single NFL team. Um, it's it's often the last resort for anybody. Why even bother? There's three tight ends in the league. Let's move on with our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, I think it's just like you can make a position wide receiver tight end. Yeah. Yeah. There's you a know. lot of flexes that do that. Yeah. yeah so anyway, I, yeah, there are options. And I'm just saying you got to be open to it. The low is obviously, uh, you know, Ben McAdoo in general. But I'm going to say the benching of Eli Manning. And mostly because it made me defend Eli Manning. And I'm the last person on the planet who defends Eli Manning under more normal circumstances. But Ben McAdoo just straight up did not earn the right to bench a future Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best of no. the New York, New York Giants organization. He just didn't do it. The way they did it was gross. Uh, but I also think it was kind of a cop-out for the Giants because the management could have stepped in, but they didn't. And I think they let it go so that they could have a reason to fire Ben McAdoo. The whole thing was just gross. So um, that was unfortunate. Fortunate. But, you know, we had really low expectations here at fa her fantasy football for the Giants. So uh, it wasn't really a low because none of us had them. I, I, I want to say this too. Sterling Shepard, I think, is going to be a very interesting late round pick next year because he did come through, he's, especially he's in PPR good. leagues, uh, as the only wide receiver that was out there, which means he was getting the number one coverage. That's not what he's built for. And he still was OK. So I will yeah. give that that mad props right there. Mad props. All right, guys, lots of running backs by committees this year. Where does that leave us when it comes to drafting in 2018, Ashley? I actually don't think it leaves us in that different of a situation than it did last year. Um, the past few years, there's really only been a handful of solo backs, and that hasn't changed. Uh, what I will say is those solo backs are worth gold if you can get them. Gurley, obviously, for most of you who were in a championship game, you owned Gurley. So you can sit there and attest to the, the value of that. Uh, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, David Johnson, when he comes back to full health. I mean, these are guys that you want to get your hands on, and they're high draft picks. So I don't think that really changes. Now, if I had to pick a, a committee that I would invest in, it's the one I already invested in this year and the one I was defending at the beginning of the preseason, which is Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Um, there was a lot of talk when AP came into town about, okay, well, Mark Ingram's going to drop off. And, and I, I don't know if you guys remember, but I had the argument of Mark Ingram's never been a solo back. He's never been the solo back on the Saints. He's always had a secondary pass catching back, whether it was Hightower, whomever. When Kamara came in, I was like, okay, well, that, those were reps that he never had anyway. So there was a chance he was going to take some reps away with AP, and obviously they resolved that situation very early in the year. And Ingram, from that point on, once AP left town, was gold. So for me, regardless of uh, committee status, I would take Ingram or Kamara or both. I, I mean, they're both fantastic. So I don't think it necessarily changes a whole lot with how I draft. It's just you got to be smart about what committee you're willing to invest in. Brandon? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think all of us are gonna have a very similar answer, which is, hmm, you know, I guess if that committee is Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram style, then I'm good with that. I'm hoping that actually they do that with um, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen with a more, you know, creative coaching staff, actually. I think that there is a possibility of that to happen. I just think that what happens is that people think they have to just feed one guy the ball, their best option. But, um, but listen, you know, it's fine if there is a committee. Just know your settings. If you're in a PPR league, then you go, okay. Um, I'm down with taking Christian McCaffrey a lot earlier, but if you're in a standard league, that's going to be a lot tougher for you because he doesn't have that same floor. So now you're going to need the guy who's going to punch it in the guy who is, you know, the, the downfield runner. That's what you need. Someone's going to get in the end zone. So it's just all about knowing your settings and then picking the best of the duo for your settings. It's really, you know, not the end of the world. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I think it's cool. I don't know. I feel like it's taking out running backs like pretty quick. I mean, there was a lot of teams that were heavy running backs that no longer are running back worthy. I mean, Seattle Seahawks, and you always drafted a Seattle Seahawks running back. They had, know, no they had no talent. They had no talent. The, well, they, they, and they planned for that. I mean, that, that is a good coaching staff. So what, what, you know, like, you know, it's just kind of like when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, which I feel like is a lot of people's problem, the Detroit lions, um, you know, it's just, the list goes on and on. It takes away running backs from a lot of teams. You know, there's not even that main PPR guy because there's not enough consistency to go around. So, um, hopefully they figure it out. I, I hope the Tennessee Titans are the same thing with Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, where they can figure out how to use Henry and Murray together where it benefits them. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We got the NFC West, Brandon, the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, man, baby. Where do I start with this one? Yeah. Okay, so I looked so stupid in the preseason because I was all in on these Rams because I loved Sean McVay and I just looked a little bit like a groupie and maybe I was, but you know what? It worked out this time. So there you go. Uh, Sean McVay even exceeded my expectations going from worst to first, which I just, that's bizarre. Um, So wow, good for him. Uh, And then Todd Gurley, obviously the MVP of all your fantasy football leagues, unless you've played in week 17, to which again, I hope you emailed your commissioner to say this is bogus and don't do that again. Uh, Jared Goff, the perfect streamer, you guys. Every time he had a good matchup, he played well. Every time he had a bad matchup, he did not because they just relied on Todd Gurley. It was so easy. I love guys like that. I don't need you to be my every week guy Mm -hmm. if I know when to play you. I'm down with that. Uh, Robert Woods resurgence, Cooper Cup, my favorite 14th round pick. That worked out. Um, and then one more, Greg Zerline. And I just yeah. want to bring this up. Okay, so he went on IR after week 15, which is just sad. And really, they're going to have a problem because they have a young kicker there that is not panning out well. It's going to be tough stuff. But uh, I just want to say this. Okay, he scored in graduated scoring, meaning like if you it was over 40, he got four points. Over 50, he got five points. Um, he scored 10 more fantasy points than Steven Goskowski, who was the number two kicker on the season, right? 12 more points, though, than our friend Robbie Gold. And I wanted to say that because I knew Courtney would be happy about that one because he was number three overall for kickers on the season, Robbie Gold. Um but let me tell you, with that point total, Greg Zerline would have been the 25th highest scoring quarterback. The th- he was only three points behind Joe Flacco and five points behind Eli yep. Manning overall on the season. And those guys played, well, other than Eli Manning, 
a lot of the games, let's say. Um, and then ninth running back in standard scoring, five more points than Ezekiel Elliott, you guys, six more than Jordan Howard. Also in standard scoring, he would have been the fourth highest scoring wide receiver. It would go Hopkins, Brown, Allen, and then Zerline. That's nuts. He would also be the number one tight end, 24 more fantasy points than Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> who's the number one fantasy tight end on the season. Um, and by the way, also the third defense but behind Jacksonville and Baltimore. Now that settings could be a little different on that, but it's been a weird year, and I just want to say that out loud. And then my low is definitely Sammy Watkins, although he scored the exact same points as Robert Woods. Robert Woods obviously played in three less games, and that was 107.3 points in standard, which I found interesting. Um, but Ashley, let what me, do you think about the Seahawks? Oh yeah, go ahead. Let me say this real quick is I can't remember where I heard it, but it was the most common player of any championship team was Greg Zerline. Second coming in was Todd Gurley in terms of if you made the championship what players that you had on your team, Greg Zerline was the number one person who got you to your championship. Uh, I think that's, a, you got two Rams. That's crazy. We all thought you were being groupie, Brandon, but you were right. Kickers were right. matter. The Rams matter. matter. The Rams matter. <laughs> With that said, I think they're going out round one of the playoffs. <gasps> really? You. I do. I You're do. a bad person. Give me back all your Christmas presents. You think the Falcons are going to beat them today? I think. I mean, that's round one. That's right now. I know. I think that it's right now it's going to come down to experience of being in the playoffs. I mean, I know Matt Ryan's been underwhelming. Julio Jones has been, well, he was still decent when you look at where he actually fell for yeah. top receivers. But I just think it's going to come down to the fact that the Falcons have been there. And while I think Sean McVay is hands down coach of the year, um, I just think that they're going to fall. Because when you look at their, in terms of they, who they've lost to this season, anytime they have a semi-hard matchup, and you kind of pointed out, Brandon, Goff plays well in really easy matchups, but not great in harder matchups. Now, what I struggled was, is the Falcons actually a hard matchup? I don't really know, but I think the Falcons will win it. Well, Ashley, I don't want to let you speak anymore, but you do have the next team. <laughs> so <laughs> why don't you give us your high and love for the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, well, my high, and this team this team was rough for me uh, this year, but I will say that I, I was a full-on supporter of Russell Wilson, which has taken me probably four or five years to get to this yeah, point in my yeah. relationship with Russell Wilson. So that's probably a high that I didn't enter the season in a negative place with Russell Wilson. In fact, I came in quite positive, and he actually did well. He was you know, as solid as ever, um, and they finally got their passing game going, which was something that they really had struggled with. In fairness, they had no running back, so you were forced to – do that but there seemed to be a complete shift in the philosophy of offense with this team uh they just need better running backs to actually make it work um which brings me to my low which is the entire running back situation of the seattle seahawks first marshawn lynch leaves then alex collins is shipped out of town cj Procise never gets healthy thomas rawls falls flat as does eddie lacy jd mckissick is misused and then mike davis comes in at the last minute just in time to confuse some people with a couple decent games but never good games just kind of decent maybe like five six points never really produced it was just terrible it was really terrible and i don't know if they have enough time to turn around because there is just not any talent, in my opinion, in the running back team on in the running back core on this team. Well, let's move on to a team that you love the running backs. We got the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, my high is this team struggled, <laughs> but as always, Larry Fitzgerald shine. 
Larry. He ended the season as the ninth highest scoring wide receiver in standard scoring. Uh, I love him. And I hope that this was not his last season. I really, really hope it was not. Um, my low would be losing David Anderson. Uh, this one hurt on a personal level because I had never owned him. <laughs> I had never owned him. And it was my first year owning him. And then he gets injured. Um, it was brutal. Um, and I hope that I did not put the Adrian Peterson curse on Johnson because I had never owned AP ever. Ever. And in the first year I draft AP was it last year to steal it from Courtney's husband who always drafts AP. He was terrible. <laughs> Got hurt out. Terrible. So I'm hoping that I have not done everyone a disservice by drafting David Johnson and that it will never be the same. I'm going to put myself in a positive space. I didn't do it. I didn't put the curse on there, but there's a chance. And I'm also so incredibly sad that Bruce Arians has retired. I don't know why that that one like hit me the worst. I'm just so sad about it. Why did he retire? Did he, what did he say? I didn't see. He said that he wants to be there for his grandkids. That he missed a lot of time with his kids, and he's missed some time with um, even some of his first grandkids. That he wants to be there. He's gonna go retire at his lake house. Him and his wife are just gonna sit on the patio and watch the sunset. And it's just he's a lot older than he looks, right? He he, he is. Yeah, he's he gonna go relax. Young. But he's you know, retiring. He's sixty-five. Oh, is That's he sixty-five? Yeah, he's sixty-five. That's too early. It's too early. No, don't die. No. Do you know that he but, is uh, supposedly the first? Um, there, there are two things. Like number one, I think he's the number one rushing quarterback in college football history. Number two, he um, used to room with Tiki Barber's um, dad. And they are supposedly, reportedly, at least at that school, and maybe even like you know one of the first in the nation, um, a white and black player as roommates in uh, football really? history. That's, yeah, he is one of the most loved coaches too. Love like after yeah. games, he would literally open his truck and tailgate with his players, and he's like, "I give my player a beer whether they had a great game or a bad game, and tell them I love them, and that you know how the next the next game will be better." Um, or that they'll match it. I mean, he was just so well loved. I am so sad for the loss of Bruce. I just hope that's not the reason Larry will retire because I think he's Larry's got more years in him. He does. It's just whether he wants to do it. We'll see. All right, let's move on to San Francisco. San Francisco 49ers. We have a lot of players with a lot of years left in them. I have to say, my hi Ashley Garoppolo. Say it with me, Garoppolo. But what other high could you have? Maybe good one. That's not nice. That's not nice. Jimmy GQ. <laughs> Jimmy I just can't. Although I'm a little bit warming up to Jimmy now that I hear all this drama of him getting shipped out because Brady didn't want him there. Whether that's true or not, we don't Felt know. But I, by I'm, war I'm warming a little bit to Jimmy. A little bit. All right. Well, I will say he finished the season undefeated. He had a 67.4% completion rate with one wide receiver, mind you. Um, Tom Brady had 66.3, less than that. Roethlisberger had 64.2. Wilson has 61.3. I think that Garoppolo has a bright future. I think he could turn the 49ers around and bring them back to the 49ers that we're used to. My low, I I have no low, Ashley, covering this team. I see nothing no. but good things. No, no. I, we weren't expecting a lot. That's true. Right? I mean, none of us were expecting much. 
So how could you be low? We weren't, we had no expectations. So I thought, you know, obviously Pierre Garçon losing him and people drafted him, that's sad. Uh, but even that, you know, I think he's going to come back to a fuller team next year. I'm excited. Carlos Hyde wasn't even as bad as I thought he was going to be. So I, I'm excited for the 49ers. Uh, 2019 Super Bowl champs. You heard it. Just kidding. Oh. Just kidding. Like, <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm excited for them. All right. I think we can all agree that Sean McVay is the coach of the year. But who are you nominating for the worst coach of the year? Brandon, we know what you're going to say. Hugh Jackson. Yeah, I don't know what to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Jackson. I mean, I know, I know, because you know what? You guys are all going to say Ben McAdoo, and he's already fired, and I get it. But, like, I'm sorry. Ben McAdoo can't be the best at anything. I just won't let it happen. It's got to be Hugh. It's got to be Hugh. Ashley? Ben McAdoo. Woof. I mean, that guy brought down an entire organization. Uh, and I just – I don't think I can forgive him for the Eli situation. Although I will say I think he was a bit of a scapegoat, and I do agree with Brandon that uh, ownership – kind of threw him under the bus a bit, I would say. So with that said, Ben McAdoo has lost control of his team, lost control of uh, the locker room, the media, everything, just terrible. Just terrible. I'm going with Dan Quinn. I'm sick of you, man. Get out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You have so much talent. Uh, no stat lines. Please move on. Move on with your life. That is a Super Bowl winning team. That is a Super Bowl winning team. There is no reason why they underperformed this year. There's just no reason. Anyways, we're moving on. Well, we'll AFC. See oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If they make it there, I still don't care. How can you mistreat Julio like that? I don't care. All right, we're moving on to the NFC North. Minnesota Vikings, Ashley. I'm going to say the system. This is a team that lost uh, you got Bradford Terry Bridgewater got Case Keenum coming in you lose Dalvin Cook and they just really formed their offense and their plays around the players that they had and they made it really work and they let Keenum shine and I am all in on the Vikings I think they just had such a fantastic year now I'm going to be sad because what are they going to do next year I don't think Keenum will be there they're not going to pay him the guy still won't get uh some respect so I hope he lands in a place where they can build a system around Keenum which I'm okay if that's tender, as long as we uh, build the system. But for me, I, I just think they did such a great job with that. And then for the low was the injuries. Again, losing Bradford, which turned a bit of that Cinderella story because of Keenum. Uh, but Dalvin Cook was also brutal. But again, silver lining, Murray McKinnon really stepped it up this year. So I don't know if there really is a low, but I have to obviously mention injuries because you never want to see someone get hurt. It was such a great team for... Great team win, great team Coming, advancement. Yeah, I mean, just like, honestly, like you saw other teams, like the Giants lost OBJ, and it was just like, the year was done. The The Packers losing Aaron Rodgers, the year was done. You know, it was like one, you know, the Texans, Deshaun Watson, done. It was just like one after the other. And Minnesota lost several players or had them hurt. And key, play and key players. Bounced, key players, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and they still tight end and they still made it. So I think it was well yeah. done. epitome well of done. next man up. Yeah. is absolutely next man up and, and props to the coaches who adjusted for the players that were the next man up. So, and their, their scouting department, yeah. the fact yeah. that they had that much depth. Most teams don't have that kind of depth. It takes a lot of skill to do that. That was an incredible feat. I agree with you. Yeah, yep. well done. Well done. Um, well, these guys didn't have injury problems. They all of their starters were playing, but they were still awful. The Detroit Lions. Um, my high. 
Uh, a weird high, but I am super proud of this defense. They finished sixth in fantasy points with three of their four last four games with double digits and five of their first six games in double digits. Not bad at all. And I think this is the year of the surprising defenses, right? We have the New Orleans Saints the LA Chargers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Chicago Bears came back from, from when they used to be great defenses, then they were awful for so long, and now they were great this year. I think this is a really good year for defenses, and I think the Lions are one of them. Um, my low overall, they all did well in this season, but week 16 was a low for this team. In general, I just have to say week 16. Stafford had only 10.8 fantasy points. Marvin Jones had five fantasy points. Golden Tate had 1.4. That really hurt in our championships when we really needed these guys. So the only guy that did well in week 16 was that darn Eric Ebron. <laughs> yeah. But no one started. Like it was like they started him in week 17 if they had him, but they no one started him in week 16 when he actually did well because he had done so poorly the weeks before. So I mean it's just a mess. I mean, that just it just they really screwed people over in week 16. That that's upsetting. That doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth going into 2018 draft. All right, Brandon, we got the Green Bay Packers. Do we? Do we? Uh, the high would be covering this team when Aaron Rodgers was there. And I just want to subtly remind you guys, Jordy Nelson, okay, through week six, had 19 catches for 230 yards and six touchdowns. Actually, it was through week five. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he was one of the best wide receivers in football. I promise you. That was real life. It really happened, everybody. Devontae Adams was right behind him, actually. So there were two top guys. He had 23 catches for 285 yards and four touchdowns, which was the seventh best in the league. Jordy was in the sixth. That was through week five. Then the low. Aaron Rodgers broke. So uh, so did the whole team. Um, and I often also give my husband uh, fantastic advice. And the only thing that I could not give him the right advice on with the Green Bay Packers running backs. That was a rotating door that not a lot of people talked enough about. I know we talked about it here because I always was frustrated, uh, but the Ty Montgomery and then Aaron Jones and then Jamal Williams and then back to some Aaron Jones and then maybe Ty Montgomery again. And we just, then Ty Montgomery was on IR and it was just a disaster. And I never told him to start the person at the right time. And then when Jamal Williams was out there with Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season, just bombed against Carolina and oh my gosh it was just awful and then again you guys uh the good news is that Devontae Adams should be your top one of your top wide receivers next year the guy somehow still scored 10 touchdowns on the season second most among wide receivers without Aaron Rodgers for the majority of the year he is good so there you go all right and what about the Bears well, I like Mitchell Trubisky. Um, uh, Matt Nagy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, who's likely uh, a candidate for this head coaching position, said that he loves Trubisky. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Um, but I do think we can't really make a call on this guy until he at least has one wide receiver one, uh, like a lead guy. Because, you know, when you're doing a uh, Kendall Wright, you know, in, you know, uh, Inman sandwich. It's just weird. It's not going to work for you. Uh, and also, I still like Jordan Howard. And I think it's actually a miracle that he got over a thousand yards, 1,122 yards, and averaged 4.1 yards per carry, even though everyone knew he was going to run the ball. And that was the only thing <laughs> happening on the offense. Uh, that's pretty, uh, that's an underrated success story. And I know that, uh, you know, he was frustrating to court or to Ashley earlier, but honestly, that's the way it is. And then the low is definitely the run, run, pass, run, 
run, run, pass, conservative John Fox offense. But to be fair, John Fox is a defensive guy. He had an offensive coordinator um, and, you know, Dowell Loggins, who, by the way, now has been poached to be the offensive coordinator of the Dolphins. Why would you want a guy who was so bad last year? I mean, now Adam Gase, play, you know, does the play calling there, but still. And I'm also going to say, though, one of the highs that I should have said is Vic uh, Fangio, their defensive coordinator, was really good. And they have some good young defensive talent there. So I like the Bears. Sorry. Good, thank oh, I you. Think, oh, yeah, no problem. No, yes. Thank you for the Bears. Uh, John Fox, wow, what a disaster. I'm uh, <laughs> happy he's not for the Broncos anymore. Which Poor NFL John. team are you hoping you draw from the hat in 2018? And which one are you avoiding like the plague? Ashley? You know, this is a tough one. I don't have surprisingly that many strong feelings at the moment. But the Saints are always fun to cover. So I wouldn't mind having them back. Uh, and I never enjoy covering the 49ers. So hopefully I don't get them. Nice. Brandon? Well, I thought the Falcons were incredibly frustrating to cover. Um, they did make the playoffs, so good for them. They do have a good unit as a whole, but for fantasy purposes, it was incredibly frustrating. Um, and then also the Patriots at the end of the season were frustrating too. Again, Deion Lewis shined. Um, you always start Rob Gronkowski, but a lot of bumps on that road. Uh, I really like covering the Bears again. And actually, I feel bad. John Fox is a nice guy. Everybody likes him. He's very philanthropic and all these other things, but just coaching i was like what is going on here yeah. uh so i'd like to see what that talent can do with like a different coaching staff that's a little more creative and i want to cover the packers with a full aaron Rodgers season i feel like i kind of got ripped off yeah yeah well you're probably not going to get him next year because i will um <laughs> i want nothing to do with washington next year i think we all know that definitely i need a washington detox for a year um, but I hope I keep the 49ers because unlike Ashley, I love covering the 49ers. Mm. They're one of my favorites. One of my favorites. All right, we moved to the last division of uh, covering for the 2017 season. Ashley, you have the Saints. This might be the last time you get to talk about them for a few months. Hopefully not. Your high and your low. Hopefully they keep finding their way back to me. Love me some Saints. My high is obviously Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. It was such a great little success story for them. I, I, I mean, they were just so... So, so good. And they're going to continue to be good. And I think we've really seen a shift of the offense um, where it's going to be a little bit more run heavy. And I think it should be, although Kamara catches balls too. So I think we heard people talk about um, Drew Brees. And for me, that's the low is that uh, it really wasn't a low for me, but I guess the expectations for Drew Brees, I mean, he ended the year as the ninth highest scoring quarterback which is still good. But I think people, for whatever reason, felt that Drew Brees really fell off. I mean, he's still a top 10 quarterback. He's great. And Michael Thomas surprisingly finished as the eighth highest wide receiver. So I think this was just a shift. I think the expectations of people maybe was a low uh, in terms of it, it shifted more to the rush than to the pass. But you still had a good receiver. And Bruce Brees still did well. So overall, a high. And I hope I get him again. Oh, that's nice, Ashley. That's real nice. I, I have to say, um, I love the Saints. I think they're one of my favorite teams of 2017. Nice little surprises. Nice, nice littleness. I like it. I had the Carolina Panthers. Um, dicey throughout the season. Some really, really great matchups. Some not so good matchups. I have to say that I love that Cam Newton finished second in fantasy points for quarterbacks. I said that he was going to be a top five quarterback this year. I drafted him in three of my five redraft leagues. I love him, and I'm so excited that he had a bounce-back year. Um, 
I'm really sad about Greg Olson. What a sad day for yeah. one of the tight ends that are actually worth having, um, getting hurt after the second week and not even producing in the first two weeks, then just having zeroing out. Then he comes back, he gets one point in standard leagues, then, then taken out the next game, then gets zero points the game after that huge game Then finishes the season with two and one points in standard leagues. I just, what a sad day for Greg Olson. I don't, I really hope that this Christian McCaffrey thing isn't going to affect one of my favorite guys in the league. So definitely has to be one of my lows. All right, Brandon, what about those Falcons? Oh, really? No, no, it's fine, you guys. So uh, the high would definitely be Mohamed Sanu because he was kind of that consistent, not super sexy, but, in, you know, fine flex Kind of sexy, though. Yeah, in like deep leagues. Streamer. Yeah, it's good. Definitely yeah. in deep leagues. If you got him in deep leagues, you were like, yeah, I feel like in regular solid. leagues. He was a solid flex play every week. It was yeah. Good. Yeah. He had some down weeks towards the end there, but he really, yeah. he really came through a lot more. I mean, he, that guy went undrafted in most leagues. So uh, he was a pickup that could really help you out. Also, I just love that he has a perfect passer rating in the NFL. 158.3 passer rating to be exact. Six for six for 228 yards and three touchdowns. Such a great play too. He's uh he's just fun. Uh low is definitely Matt Ryan. Um he had the sixth most passing yards in the league with 4095 and we did say he'd go over 4000 yards and he did, but only 20 touchdowns and by far the lowest of any of the quarterbacks that went over 4000 yards. And of course, that means that Julio Jones only had three receiving touchdowns, which is a huge bummer less than our guy Mohamed Sanu, uh which is just kind of unacceptable and they kept removing him from the field of play when they were in the red zone it was just a bizarre year so uh that was that was a bit of a bummer and i didn't even bring up the running backs but certainly the concussion issues for Devonte freeman and, and injuries and stuff it just was a little it was a bumpy ride it was a bumpy ride bumpy ride oh it was a definitely a bumpy ride for the tampa bay buccaneers oof i mean you can really just pick your poison out of which disappointment there was um, obviously Doug Martin was a disappointment and there was no highs. I, I don't think there's a high for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't think of one. Um, James Winston was, people were really high on him. He was not good. And then obviously Mike Evans, that's gotta be the biggest disappointment. Um, I yeah. think them losing that first week and having to move their bye to week one, I think that really mentally messed with them. And I think yeah. that they just couldn't come back from that. Um, I will say that Mike Evans had, you know, four really good games in the first six weeks of their play. But man, he had some really bad games, really bad games. And some were his fault. Some were just the fact that Jameis Winston could not get it together. This whole team could not get it together. The offensive line couldn't get it together. The, you know, it's just like there was no running game. And um, Cameron Bright had moments. But the second he had moments, you know, he was completely out of it. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. I just, uh, it's just all of it. So sad. OJ Howard. I mean, just uh, this team in general has a lot of talent. They just need to figure out how to use it and how to work together. I think there's a lot of strong heads on this team um, and they need to really figure out how to be able to work together because they have the talent. So there's really no excuse. It's kind of an Atlanta Falcons um, situation where winning should be what they do. I don't, I don't really understand. 
So sorry to end on a sad note for our 2017 <laughs> wrap up, but uh, that's where we kind of are, you guys. Make sure to listen to our SiriusXM show tonight from 9 to 11 Eastern. We'll be doing similar things as we did tonight, just to wrap up the 2017 season. Some great moments, some bad moments. A lot of changes are going to be happening this offseason. A lot of teams are going to look a lot different going into 2018. So although fantasy, you're not setting your lineup every week for football, you know, you need to continue to think about it. You need to watch the draft. You need to know what's going on in free agency over the next couple of months. So you just really need to stay on top of it so you know what this team is building like. And coaches matter, you guys. I think people don't look at coaches enough during the offseason when coaching changes happen. But when it does, it really can affect your guy on that offense. So keep Hello, an eye on it. Sean McVay. Hello, Sean McVay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Made so a little difference. Yeah, good luck to all the teams in the in the playoffs. I hopefully your team's there and hopefully they win the Super Bowl because we're not gonna be cheering for ours because they were awful. So good luck. Good luck. And uh go Rams. Until <laughs> next time, guys. No more faking it. 